Mark chapter 2, we're just going to read one verse this evening, and it'll be verse number 1. I want us to focus on this particular phrase in the end of the verse. It says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised abroad that he was in the house. Our Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your, your, your presence. God, I thank you, Lord, for the songs of Zion, Lord, that kind of usher us in to that spirit of worship. Lord, the mercy drops around us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the sprinkling here and there spiritually. Lord, but it would do us all good if you just give us a good, sure enough soaking. Father, we pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be received, receptive to those things. We pray that you'd help the young folks in the back, help us here in the sanctuary tonight. I pray that you'd help the message, Lord, to, to uh, touch someone's heart. I ask you that you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary tonight. Lord, bless our young folks as they sing here in just a little while. Lord, bless our people. Bless the families. I pray that you'd bless Sister Nancy and her family during this time of loss. God, help her friends, help her church family to be there to support. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, I want to call attention to the last phrase of this particular verse. And it says, it was noise that he was in the house. And so we see here that Jesus, of course, had come from a journey. He was in a home. At this point, we do not know whose home it was, but we do know that he was there. And all of a sudden, a call went out that Jesus was in the house. And so if, if I can tonight, I want to preach on this thought, Christ in the house. Now, I'll, I'll be just kind of transparent and tell you this, that there have been more times... Uh, this way than, than another way, but there's been times that I've been at the house and my wife or my girls, either one or both of them have been gone. Uh, there's been times that all three of them have been gone. Uh, and it's, the house is not the same. It's still mine. It's still my home. I'm still comfortable there, but because they are not there, it feels empty. It feels quiet. Uh, it almost feels as though you're in someone else's house. You're tiptoeing around because you don't, you, you just, it just don't feel right. I know some of you are empty nesters. Some of you have just lost your, your mate, your spouse after many, many years. And so I could not imagine what that must feel like. But I do know this tonight that our homes cannot be what they should be without Christ in them. Now, we, we love church, we love being here, but we need Christ in our homes. It says it was noised that He was in the house. Our marriages, our parenting, our children, they cannot be what they should be without Christ. There is a, uh, um, uh, a reach of the home that is in the church. You let our homes get fouled up, and I guarantee you, you'll notice it here in church. You let, uh, if half of us are mad at one another, our spouses, and we come into church, it's going to feel hard. It's going to feel like the brakes are on. It's not going to feel right. And so the home influences the church. And everybody says, well, I want revival at church. I, I want God to do something big at church. I do too. But I need us to understand tonight that is going to take Christ being in our homes 
so that he can have full reign in our churches. Y'all with me tonight? Say amen. And so with this line of thinking, I, I begin to look in, just in the New Testament, quite honestly, just in the four Gospels. Now, you know that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, a lot of times they'll share some of the same information. Uh, if you've got a Schofield Bible, you, matter of fact, you got a Schofield Bible, you look at this passage right here, you'll see that there was a palsied man in Matthew chapter number uh, 9, as well as Luke chapter number 5. And so I began to look through the four Gospels and see the different times that Christ was in a house. Now, it's not exhaustive, but I counted up at least 16 different instances where Jesus entered into a house. He entered, he came into, he was in, whatever wording you may want to find. Uh, I found at least 16. Now again, uh, I, I tried to be careful not to overcount. I tried to be careful not to duplicate. But in those 16, we find him quite often, he was at Peter's house. And it's very possible that he was at Peter's house here uh, because Peter lived in Capernaum. And oftentimes when you find Jesus in a house in Capernaum, he mentioned Simon by name. So he was in Peter's house. You look at the next chapter, you find he was in Matthew or Levi's house. He was in Jarius's house. He was in the house of Simon the leper. He was in Martha, Mary, and Lazarus's house. He was in a Pharisee's home on two different occasions. He was in Zacchaeus's house. And in the times that he was in these homes, he preached, he ate, he fellowship, he was ridiculed, he was worshipped, he was anointed, and he healed. And so there was something special about Jesus being in these people's house in his ministry. And so just imagine if he could be in these folks' houses. Now you remember I said that he was in a Pharisee's house. There's that religious home. He was in a sinner's house. He went home with Zacchaeus. Uh, he went home with uh, Jarius. Uh, these were sinners by all all. Uh, uh, all knowledge, but yet he still went with them. But quite often when he was there, something miraculous happened. When he went to Jarius's house, Jarius's daughter was healed. When he went to Zacchaeus, he revealed salvation. He says, this day is salvation come to this house. When he went to the Pharisee's house, that's when uh, Mary broke the alabaster box and anointed his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And so just imagine what Christ could do if if he could have preeminence in our own homes tonight. If we went home tonight and we begin to cast out all the things, and now I'm not talking about deliverance doctrines, if we begin to cast out all the things that did not belong in our homes, y'all, y'all hear me tonight. I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes we let things come in our homes. And we think it's all right, but if we were to Get rid of those things and allow Christ to be in our children's bedrooms, in the master bedroom, in the living room, in the kitchen, in the basement, in the attic. Allow God to have full reign of our homes. Imagine what he could do in our lives. Number one tonight, I want us to notice this. We're talking about Christ in the house. Number one, Christ in the house cannot remain a secret. You look back at our text, it says, and he entered again, again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. You better know tonight that when Christ comes into your house, someone is going to take note. 
It may be daddy. It may be mama. It may be the children. It could be the neighbor or someone else. But it will be noised that Jesus is in the house. I want us to look at this just for a moment. Look in your Bible. Verse number 2, it says, In straightway many were gathered together. And so I want us to see under this first point that He will become an attraction. I'm not talking about a Ferris wheel. I'm not talking about a, a man eating chicken. That's not the type of attraction that I'm looking at. Uh, but rather, I am talking about the fact uh, that many were gathered together. Uh, folks heard about Jesus being in this house and they desired to be with Him. Uh, the Bible says over in Genesis chapter number 49 uh, uses this same thought and it's talking about a scepter. And this is a picture of Jesus Christ in Genesis chapter 49. It says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Folks will run away or they will run to Jesus Christ. They will run away or they will run to Jesus Christ. He will become an attraction. How we see that the weak, the poor, the broken, the blind, the child, and the curious are drawn to Jesus Christ. If Jesus is in our house tonight, He cannot remain a secret. Not only that, but He will become an instructor. Look with me again at verse number 2. And straightway many were gathered together. Here we go. Insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Now, I know that he preached the Bible. Now, they didn't have the full canon of Scripture that we have today. But if I could say it like this, he preached himself to them. You go from front to the back of your Bible and you'll find pictures of Jesus Christ and Jesus constantly and consistently preached about Himself the Word of God. Matter of fact, John said, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so when Jesus spoke to them or He says here, He preached the Word unto them, He became an instructor. He began to tell them what was right and what was wrong. He began to pre, He began to tell the truth. And if there's something that may be lacking in our homes today, it is the truth. We are trying to hide things from our children, from our wives, from our husbands, from our parents. But He preached the truth. If Christ comes into our homes, He is going to begin to give you the truth out of His Word. But He's also going to be revealing some things that should not be there. Next, we also see that He became an inspiration. Look with me in verse number 4. When they could not come up, well, you got to get verse number three. They brought the sick of the palsy. He was born of four, verse number four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So he became an inspiration. They uncovered the roof. There was no thought of waiting at the door. There was no thought of just waiting outside and hoping 
hopes to get a glimpse. Uh, they did not entertain the thought of waiting till another day or waiting until next Sabbath or next Wednesday night prayer meeting. Uh, they said Jesus is in the house. He may not pass by this way. I'm going to do whatever. I'm about to have a fit. I'm going to do whatever I can to get to Jesus. I'm going to do whatever I can to get this man that needs a touch from God to Jesus. And church, wouldn't it be a blessing if we did whatever we could? I'm about to have a fit. If we did whatever we could to get to the house of God when it was time for him to be in the house. Wouldn't it be wonderful in every person that was a member of this church was in this church when this church was open? That's good preaching right there, preacher. Hey, I'm telling you, when we start making excuses, when we... St- Listen, I was telling somebody the other day, they asked about how COVID, this was old preacher up at Camp Canaan, he was asking me how COVID attacked our church and this, that, and the other. And I told him just point blank. I said, well, we only lost just a couple. There was a few uh, that they were just about ready to leave and they've left. Uh, but thankfully, everybody pretty much has stayed the same. Uh, therefore, while those people that were, they were wishy-washy, they, they were out more than they were in, they became steadfast. But now I've watched Sunday, Wednesday, uh, revivals. They're here. They're gone. They plan vacations. They plan outings. They do this. They do that. Instead of coming to the house of God. And he said, you reckon they're just scared? I said, I don't know what they're scared about. They still go to walk. Yeah, they got a stuffy nose, but they go to Walmart. They got a sore throat, but they go to church. I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm trying to tell you what's the truth tonight. And it's time we stop fooling around with God's house and get in it because He may not be here every time. I want to be here when God is here. It started off kind of slow tonight, still kind of slow. Y'all act like y'all half asleep tonight. But I could give three rips in the wind tonight. Don't matter to me. How you, we get up here and we sing. We get up here and do what we're supposed to do. But I'm going to tell you something. How the pastor, the preacher, the singers, they can only do so much. The people in the pew have got to help. And y'all can help or you cannot. It, again, it is going to matter to me, but I can't help you. I can't make you say amen. I can't make you get faithful. I can't make you do this. But God can if He needed to. Now, He's not going to force you, but He'll put you where you need to be so you understand what's wrong in your life. Jesus was in the house here, and Jesus became an attraction. Jesus became an instructor, but He also became an inspiration. How they said, no matter what it takes, I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to the house that Jesus is in. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be the same way tonight? I want Jesus in my house. Man, that's great. I'm so glad. But you got to take what comes along with it. you got to take the instruction, that preaching you got to take the fact that other people will notice and they want to be there. They want to be where the truth is. Not only that, but you've got to understand how that there comes an inspiration from Christ. And that is that you'll do whatever it takes to be with Him. Get up in the morning, you fix your coffee, you get ready. Take your shower, you get ready. Some days you just don't feel saved. Some days you just feel, it's just not a good day. All day at work, it's just not a good day. You come in at home, it's not a good day. You holler at the wife, you holler at the kids, you're mad at yourself. I, I'm not putting blame on anybody. 
And I'm not saying it's going to be perfect all the time. It never will be. But I do know this tonight. That if we will allow Christ in our lives, when those bad days come, we may clock out at work and we may drive home. But when we get home, we've got to acknowledge, hey, I made a commitment to have Christ in my home. Now I'm going to ask Him to be here. I'm going to acknowledge that He's here and do business with the Lord. Number two tonight. Christ in the house is a great blessing to those outside. Great blessing to those outside. I've got a neighbor and he's, he's very curious. He sees me going in. He sees me going out throughout the week, but especially on, on the weekends and on Wednesday nights. And every once in a while, I'll get a text. Did y'all have good service tonight? Yeah, we did. I said, I wish you'd come. He's never made any offer to come. But he notices. And we're not just going to Walmart. And we do that a lot. But every morning, I got a neighbor, if you're in my driveway, looking at the house to the left, the little rental house right there. And I don't know where they come from, but suddenly there's two or three kids playing around. It's the same resident. I don't know where these kids have come. I don't know if somebody has moved in or not. But I noticed last weekend... And this past weekend, they were outside playing. And they're new to me, so I know I've got to be new to them, Brother Jody. But for the last two weeks, they've they've seen my family go out, dress nice, and get in the car. They may have been looking out the window, but come back home, dressed nice. Went back out, Brother Terry, that night. What were they doing? Surely they're, what are they doing? There's a curiosity. So number two tonight, Christ in the house is a great blessing to those outside. I told you it was noise that he was in the house. And what did they do? The Bible says in verse number two, straightway many were gathered. So Christ in the house is a blessing to those outside. He not only blessed them with instruction as point number one, but he also gave them a blessing of healing. Do you understand that Christ is the answer for everything? I'm not being super spiritual. I'm not being cliched. You have health problems. Christ is the answer. That doesn't mean that he's going to heal you. That's not what I mean. But Christ is the answer. Some deal with anxiety. Christ is the answer. Some have problems at work. Christ is the answer. You may have marital problems. Christ is the answer. In all of it, Christ is the answer. And there's people outside our home that need the answer. The Bible says that He gave them a blessing of healing. In verse number 3, they brought unto Him one sick of the palsy. But in verse number 11, Jesus says, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Your neighbor... Now, Brother Jim, I'm just kind of thinking, I know your mom and dad's right there, and I know little little ways down you got Rick and um, his wife. What's her name? Bonnie. I don't know any anybody else that lives out there. Might be hard for you just to go out and say, hey, y'all come on over. Jesus is here today. 
Now, I know some of us live, I don't, but some of y'all live, Brother Bobby, Miss Sam, y'all live in the woods. Ain't nobody around y'all. But Christ in your house can still reach out to someone else. Y'all have a unique situation. People from all over come, come to where you are for, to hunt, to do things like that. The light that you have in your home can shine to those. The light that you have in your home, you may be out in the woods, you may live in the city, but guess what? The light in your home can light this city with Christ. He gave them healing, but then also He gave them a blessing of pardon. As far as we know, there's only one person that got healed. It says there were many that were gathered. The house was full. They couldn't get in the door. They couldn't get in the windows. They couldn't do anything. And so as far as we know, the house was absolutely full. I don't know how big the house was. Couldn't tell you. The only one that got a healing was not the four that that bore his bed. As far as we know, the only one that got a healing was the man sick of the palsy. There may have been others there, but he's the only one we read about. The only one that was forgiven of their sins, as far as we know about, is the one sick of the palsy. We don't know the hearts of those others that were there. But we do know, according to God's word, that Jesus, while he was in the house, gave a blessing of healing and a blessing of pardon, at least to one person. And Nathan, I couldn't help but to imagine being in that room. Maybe even being a close-knit community and knowing that this man was crippled. And seeing the roof broken up and him coming down in the middle of sitting or laying at the Lord Jesus' feet. I couldn't, I could only imagine what it must be like as, as being awestruck. What in the world is going on? And then all of a sudden, this man that you've known since you were in kindergarten, all of a sudden, because of the words of Christ, was pardoned from his sin and healed of his illness. That's the type of awe that this world needs. I don't think it's so, but in case you may be the only one in your home that is right with God. But what God has done for you, God can bless others by it. Number three, Christ wants to dwell in our homes. The book of Revelation, verse number three, or chapter number three, rather, verse number 20. This is our final point. Christ wants to dwell in our homes. Revelation three, verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. This is yet another whosoever will verse. Though you don't find the word whosoever will, he says, if any man open, it doesn't matter. Christ is knocking. Christ is calling. He is trying to get into our homes. Yes, into our hearts, but into our homes. 
And there's three things I note in this one particular verse. He says, I will come in. And so this tells me that he, when he comes in, he will bring himself. What are some of the attributes of Christ? This, he is the Lamb of God. He is pure. He is spotless. He has joy within him. He brings gladness. He will bring purity. He says, I will come in. But also, he says, I will sup with him. If they will let me in, I will come in. I will sup with him. And so that tells us that he will have fellowship. When you, when you call somebody and say, hey, I want to, want to get a, a cup of coffee or something along those lines. It's not just meeting down at the restaurant, getting your cup of coffee and going your separate ways. No, what that implies is, hey, let's go, let's sit down, let's order a cup of coffee, let's, let's again sit and talk, let's, let's tell jokes, let's cry on one another's shoulders, let's testify to one another, but what's happening is you are fellowshipping, and Jesus says, I will sup with him. But look at this last phrase, and he with me. At the beginning of verse number 20, Jesus is on the outside. And someone, anyone, is on the inside. And Jesus said, I'm standing there and I'm knocking. If any man, he says, hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him. This tells us that Jesus is the guest and the homeowner is the host. But then all of a sudden the roles are switched. Verse number 20 at the very end, and he with me. Brother Jody, he says, if you'll let me in, instead of being a guest, I'll become a host. And I'll allow you to sup with me. Tonight, Christ wants to dwell in our homes. He doesn't want to be only a guest. He wants to rule our hearts. He wants to rule our homes. He wants mothers and daddies and husbands and wives. He wants children. He wants them to be able to live together in harmony, in peace with Him. We need to be careful. Don't think for a moment that your home is good without Christ. I realize that the majority of the homes, majority of homes across the world, the majority, Christ probably never enters the thoughts, conversation of a home. And they run well. Parents are successful. Kids probably grow up. They have a good life. They've got possessions. They've got maybe an inheritance. They've got things, this, this, that, and the other. They have good jobs. But if there's one thing missing, it's Christ. Don't, don't think for a moment. Don't entertain the thought that you can maintain a godly home without Christ. You might come to church. I don't have a barrel, but I got offering plate. You might come to church and you might get both. Barrels filled up with God while you're here at the house. The church. 
But I guarantee you, once you get home and life starts hitting hard at home, you're either going to spill these, they're going to leak out, you're going to use up everything that you've gotten on Sunday morning. And hopefully you'll be here on Sunday night. Use everything by Wednesday. Man, I'm dry. But do you realize that the same thing, the same thing that is offered at the house of God can be offered to husbands and wives and children at their own home? You may say, well, Sunday I'm going to rededicate and I'm going to be, I'm going to promise to be a good mother or a good dad. And maybe your children say, well, I'm going to promise to be a good child and, and I'm going to go back home and I'm going to have a godly home. But by Monday night, after working in the hundred degree weather, after going to school for six, seven, eight hours, after riding a school bus or going to college for the first time, Kaylee, whatever it may be, you're about empty. I'm glad that the same well that's offered here can be unearthed there. Without Christ in our homes, there will be no dwelling, there'll be no abiding, there'll be no teaching or instruction, there'll be no drawing, there'll be no conviction. I was thinking today, I was out walking and I thought, man, I thought of an individual, said he is a praying man. And then just now, kind of pumping him up in my own mind and, and, and I'm not even talking about the gentleman. It's a praying man. But then just now, there's more to having a godly home than one individual praying. There's more to having a godly home than for one man or one woman to be a person of prayer. We need Christ in our homes tonight. I'm going to pray you young folks make your way up this direction. Piano player, you come on. We'll get you a song. Books are right under here. I'll get out of the way. Father, God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We ask you now, if you will, just to reach down and speak to hearts. God, we're going to end the service with a good song. And so I pray today that you would allow us, Lord, just to rejoice in you. Bless the young ones. Lord, I pray you'll bless their, their, their song, bless their, the music, bless their voices. Have your will tonight. And God, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We pray that You'd help us as, as men, as women, as children to apply it to our lives. We praise You today in Jesus' name. Amen.